0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering B.J. Shea's Geek Nation.
1: Welcome. Yes, welcome to B.J. Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake B.J. Shea is here. <sighs> How do? Whoa, <laughs> and running right the boards is Joey Dee's. Hello. Hello. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about some interesting Star Trek 4 news and uh, also some of your good old video game news. We will talk about Star Trek Discovery, The Walking Dead's premiere of their last season, and of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us?
2: Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com! can have our blogs, podcasts, and more! 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 more. more. Or just more. search BJ Chase Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app!
1: Odyssey. So many us. ways to get a hold of us. Please do so and if you can leave a review, go ahead and do that. Give us those five stars. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get right into this with Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. We got some interesting Star Trek news and the Fallout 76 and Call of Duty. Gareth von Kallenbach joins just from skewed and Review, that is sknr.net and last week we discussed the fact that it sounded like a new star trek movie was a done deal and now a week later we hear that might not be the case
3: oh correct you remember as i said last time take it with a grain of salt and believe it when the cameras film, because we've had announcements and we had directors named and all sorts of things and basically we discussed the whole issue about how um the deal for Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth apparently fell apart, and that's what hindered the uh, fourth film. And at the time, we said that's kind of odd, because supposedly they had already had a deal in place. Mm -hmm. And what we're hearing is that what happened was the powers that be attempted to renegotiate the deals down right before filming started. So it's the old hey, we're on the Star Trek Three or Star Trek Beyond Press tour and everything's wonderful and we've agreed to terms for at least two more movies with the principal members of the cast. And then when filming came out, it was, oh, well, gee, we didn't make as much money as we thought. Let's see what we can do. Why don't we go to these people and see if they'd be willing to take less money? And uh, they were not willing to negotiate down from the deals that they set. whole thing fell apart. Well, now we're hearing uh, that several members of the cast, including their agents, some say all members of the cast and their agents, have come out and said it's rather interesting that they've gone out and announced this film on a start date because they've not contacted us. They've not come to any terms with our clients. Oh, geez. And ha- they have not even checked to see if they were available to film during this window. Wow. And so that is really interesting. And so some people are saying, well,. There's a new leadership at Paramount, and it's a focus on this stuff as a priority, and we're going to make sure this happens and we're going to make sure everything's good going forward. That being said, you know, you kind of look at it and go, it's generally a good idea to at least have contacted agents and maybe discuss certain parameters and you know what are we looking at here okay we'll dot the i's and cross the t's later are they available in this time frame i mean yes they could always say uh, due to ongoing negotiations or blah 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 we're moving to start back but a lot of people said very odd to announce a film with this cast when none of them have apparently been Uh, Finalized, contracted, or even uh, have their agents contacted yet.
1: That seems pretty ridiculous when it comes down to it. Just kind of like, I don't know, a certain level of disrespect when they're uh, doing all this stuff on the back end and then still trying to look like it looks like they're putting pressure even on like the uh, the actors and saying, oh, yeah, we would totally have this if it weren't for the actors.
3: Exactly. And, you know, it kind of takes me back to the old days of the original Star Trek films where. There was a lot of discussion that essentially not so much William Shatner, because he had other projects. Leonard Nimoy was a director, but there was some mentality that with the rest of the cast, it was basically, what else are you going to do?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Mm-hmm. You know, you've been typecast, and Scotty, what are you going to do? And, you know, Uhura, what are you going to do? Now, of course, they had projects, They had, but we're referring to high-profile studio projects, and that was the mentality that they kind of played. Well, this is it. Take it. You know, this work. And the funny thing is, if you look at them now, none of that's the case, especially when you look at um, George Decay and stuff like that. The guy's busy with so many projects. He's still in demand. And I think that was the case as well back then. They just weren't as high-profile. Well, that's a very dangerous move right now. People, they do have; to, they are in demand.
1: So. Yeah, well, we'll have to see where that goes with all of that. It'll be interesting to see uh, you keeping uh, tabs on all of that. From movie news and going into some video games, Fallout seventy six just dropped a whole bunch of information as well.
3: Absolutely, and this was really happy to hear. I mean, nobody really expected Call of uh, Excuse Me um, Fallout seventy six to stop. Content. We knew there'd be special events and seasonal events. They've done that, but they dropped a new roadmap, and this was interesting because there was uh, some news as well that does tie into this. In that, as we know, Microsoft has purchased Bethesda, and they've announced that the Bethesda launcher, their uh, you know version of Steam uh, for their games, is going away, and Fallout 76 will be migrating over to Steam in the near future, but. What was interesting is they put that out after telling us about all the great things we can look forward to. So one of the things we have is that in the springtime, we're going to get a patch that will have a new seasonal event, um, Invaders from Beyond. And so <laughs> we're going to get the appearances coming up. We're going to get the aliens. You're going to have to defeat the invaders and destroy their um, you know, brainwave siphons, do research. So a little bit of fun stuff. I've always been... You know, the seasonal events are nice, but the loot and the bounty are not really my thing. I like the things that advance the storyline. And while this may not advance the storyline, at least it's new missions and fun. Yeah. Over the summer, we're going to get a test year update, and it's going to come with three new public events like Eviction Notice, Moonshine Jamboree, that sort of thing (laughs) in the fall, which is always fun because you can fold the Halloween events into it. The pit arrives, and this is, I think, going to be really, really good if it is done um, the way, in a way that the fans can really embrace. Um, this will be a new hub in the White Spring where players can go outside of Appalachia for the first time in the game. This has yeah. been something that has been talked about for a while, and you can finally put it on the road. And, of course, uh, you're going to get the Trogs uh, enemy first scene in Fallout 3. They're going to come back. And all of this is going to culminate in a winter update, and this one's just so much fun. Um, the pre-war Nuka World on Road Roadshow <laughs> is going into effect. And so you're going into the Ash Heap region of Appalachia and there'll be all kinds of public events, a new region boss, new loots, new exploration, and so much more. And this is just the big announced roadmap things. So there will be probably adjustments and other little along the way. But it's nice to be able to look at this and say there's still plenty of stuff coming all the way through the year and plenty of life in Fallout seventy six still.
1: That is awesome. That is perfect. I mean, I'm really excited. I still play Fallout 76, so I'm very excited for that. And then finishing up, well, what news do we have from Call of Duty?
3: Well, this one shocked a lot of people. I've, we've been talking a lot about the um, you know acquisition that is pending with Microsoft, and then their reassurances that um, the Call of Duty games are going to continue for the you know long term future will be continued on the PlayStation, so on and so forth. Well, as we get ready for the release of Call of Duty 2022, which we are told is likely going to be another episode in the Modern Warfare reboot, we have had a few pretty sizable bombshells drop. One of them is that apparently 11 of these studios are currently all working on the game. What? Yeah. So apparently 11, uh, it's not uncommon. Wow. If you look at a call of duty, you could say, for example, you have infinity ward, but you may have Binox or one of the others, um, working on aspects of multiplayer, working on aspects of the zombie, that sort of thing. We've been told wow, this is okay. so advanced. They've even pulled in Freyark off their game to work on it. Essentially, Pretty much every studio that has touched Call of Duty in recent years is working on this game to get it ready to come out. We've heard some rumors, and of course, you know, there's always the hype and the hyperbole, but we've been told that this is a potential game changer and big step forward in the franchise. And of course, this has got everyone talking about is it going to be a brand new engine that is optimized for the next generation consoles? Is this going to be all kinds of new features? Who knows? Needless to say, Modern Warfare has been huge. Those are the, those in the black ops have been the most successful of the runs. Um, so can't wait to see what we have. Well, now we've got the flip side of that apparently due to the nature of so many companies being involved due to the nature of the potential complexity of this game there will not be a call of duty release in 2023 because the studio is essentially the resources aren't there to get it out however they are being really smart about this and if what we're hearing is true they have got what I think is a pretty solid game plan in place that will essentially mitigate the sting of not having that big cash cow next year. So what the plan is right now is that sometime later this year, October, November, the new Call of Duty game will come out. It will be, as they've done with the previous games, continually supported with the seasons, which brings you know new zombie modes, uh, new maps, new... Um, gameplay things like the limited time events where they bring in like a Halloween thing that had a scream thing, Rambo, all of that free content, (laughs) that continues. Now, here's where it gets really, really interesting. Traditionally, when you do that, you roll the game out in October, November, you continue with various seasons. I think the last one had six, if I'm not mistaken, that continue all the way up to just before the release of the new game looking at say september october of 2023 they plan to continue to do that and continue the seasons into years so instead of one year of seasons to tide you over from the release of this game until the next one comes out they will do two years of it continually putting new modes out continually putting new maps out supposedly all free still So you will continue to have fresh content supporting this game for two years until the next one comes out. Now here's the big bombshell that they're going to add to it. Apparently, what they are going to drop next year is there will be a new Call of Duty per se, but it is not a new Call of Duty game. What they're apparently going to do is drop Warzone 2 in 2023 so that is the big free-to-play massive multiplayer call of duty um shooter yeah the big battle
1: yeah the big battleground shooters
3: correct they're going to drop a brand new wow version two of it onto the gaming field so this is the whole thing where they can essentially we're not going to get for lack of you know rumor (laughs) the new um Call of Duty Black Ops game this year, but you're going to get Warzone 2 and you're going to get another year of new maps, new modes, new content, special events, all free for the prior Call of Duty game. And then when we bring out the new, the next one in 2024, it's going to be amazing. That is
1: kind of amazing, but it also makes sense. If they're going big on it, and it sounds like that with 11 companies, uh, they've got to be able to uh, placate their audience who is used to that yearly stuff. So that's a good call on that, and I know that you're going to keep on tabs on all of that. Very excited to see where they're going to be going with that. Gareth, again, thank you. You can find him at, at sknr.net. That is Skewed and Reviewed. Take care, buddy. Anytime. Bye-bye now. Thank you so much, Gareth. Now, now we don't know what's going to be going on with Star Trek Four, but there's still so much Star Trek stuff going on out Star there. Star
0: Trek.
1: You've been watching a lot of it, BJ. Uh, That's because there's a lot to watch, I right? Mean, <laughs> it really is. How's the uh, yeah. How's the Discovery been going for you? Well, I'll tell you. If you uh,
0: ask the critics, uh, you oh. know, like if you go to IMDb, they're going to tell you not going so well. Oh dear. Uh, I mean, well, it would be. Just uh, some, like you know, slightly rotten. You know, compared if you okay. go with Rotten Tomatoes, kind of because you know, Rotten Tomatoes you need to be sixty percent, and right now they're getting five point seven in this last episode, *Rubicon*. Ooh, um, there you know, and I, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with. Um, I, actually, I do know what's going on. There are just a lot of Star Trek fans that like the pew 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 pew, and uh, Star Trek Discovery is definitely more about. Um, like, like, beha- like like, feelings, and 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 what's going on from a mental health perspective and behavioral science. I, I, I really okay. believe that's a big motivator uh, of what Star Trek is about. Because oh, I was reading online with uh, Facebook, somebody said there's not enough conflict in the show, and I'm like, this last episode had a ton of conflict. It's called Rubicon, which uh, the the title is based on, I guess Caesar crossing the Rubicon River for something, uh, mm-hmm. probably to fight somebody.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And
0: Yeah, so there's a there's a big bad thing called uh, this big anomaly that's just wrecking house, and it turns out the anomaly is, is, is not really anything but a machine, but it's wrecking and destroying worlds and planets, but it's just a mining machine for this other race of beings who just send it out to just like Roomba the galaxy, basically. Whoa. Uh, yeah, uh, but it's killing innocent lives, and the Federation is trying to figure out what to do about this. And there's one side that wants to go and make peaceful contact with these aliens outside the galaxy. And then there's others that go, no, we just have to destroy the Roomba. You know, we just got to get rid of this Roomba. It's wrecking stuff. And uh, that's where the big conflict of the season's coming up. And they had a big episode the last, uh, last week about that. Um, of course, uh, as, as of course I have I'm not talking about this past week's episode, which aired uh, yesterday, actually mm-hmm. um, this one here is I'm referring to last week. And, yeah, it's uh, big doings. I mean, you know, you've got uh, also Michael, the commander of uh, the, the captain of the uh, Discovery is her boyfriend basically is on the other side and he's the one trying to destroy the damn thing. And she's like, no, we're supposed to be peaceful. And it's been a beating uh, with their relationship as well as, you know, two factions not knowing how to handle a crisis, which, hey,
1: does that seem like anything going on? <laughs> All of the time. Yeah. Now, that's kind of interesting you're talking about big you know, space Roomba because as soon as you said that, it really reminded me of V'ger from Star Trek The Motion Picture. A lot of people
0: have been wondering if this DMA was V'ger or some sort of form of the V'ger people that merge with V'ger.
1: Yeah, that's like I'm kind of thinking maybe there's that sort of tie-in and again, maybe that's just like a headcanon, just the fact that you mentioned that. It just seems there's a lot of uh, similarities just from your description.
0: That's what people have been thinking. They, they, people have thrown out a lot of theories, and Viger was one of them. Uh, whether or not, you know, the star of that uh, first Star Trek movie from way back in the day, 1979. Way back in the day. Yeah, whether or not that's the origin or not, we don't know. A lot of people throwing stuff out there, but I, they did give a hint that this is a race we have not met. That doesn't mean oh. it's not V'ger, though, because we never met the people responsible for Viger. Uh, there was a great episode called The Doomsday Machine in the original series, and that was basically a, a weapon that was meant as the final sort of, ah, we'll finally win this battle, but unfortunately the weapon was so powerful it wiped out both sides. <laughs> Whoops. And, yeah, so we're wondering, you know, but, uh, you know, are, are, the, are we going to meet those people? Are they still alive after all? Oh. It's from beyond the galaxy, which in Star Trek lore, uh, when they go past the galactic rim, uh, that's what gave uh, Gary... um and I'm blanking on his last name, Uh, from the Where No Man Has Gone Before episode, uh, Kirk's buddy got those godlike powers, and they went through the galactic rim. That's how it happened. So this
1: will be interesting to see what happens when they finally meet these aliens from outside of our galaxy. It'll be fun, too, just because you know they're going to want to tie it in somehow, and it doesn't even have to be either of these things. It could be a whole new thing at that point in time, but it'll set a new precedent for the, uh, I guess, the Star Trek universe at this point.
0: Now, that's the latest episode. Joey Dees is one episode behind, and he saw the big gambling episode, which was how they, they, they started the the second half of this past season. and. I don't know where Joey Dees is on Star Trek Discovery. Usually, it's
1: not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> no! <laughs> I love
1: just how much your dad loves the show, or even just the Star Trek universe, and you have a little bit more of a pragmatic. You're just like, all right, I'm going to have to see how it goes. And more times than not, you're just like, here's a hole, here's a hole, here's a thing I don't like.
4: It's just, I mean, I don't want to say like I'm lumped into that category of people who don't believe it's a Star Trek show, but for me... I like there to be consequences to the characters' actions, and there just aren't any, which is fine. I mean, that doesn't make a make or break a show, but, you know, it's kind of like every character has thick plot armor, and I don't think that the decisions make much sense. Like, a guy's world gets blown up, and all of a sudden everyone's like, yeah, but what if they're a peaceful race of aliens blowing up all these planets? And I'm like, I get the argument of wanting to be diplomatic, but it's like, you gotta have some realism, right? Like, in the last Star Trek movies you know, the Spock's home world gets blown up and it starts a war. You know, that makes sense. That's what would normally happen. And uh, I don't know. It's just to me, it's it's the the, the big baddies are always these astronomically insane things that could never be solved. And somehow the Star Trek crew (laughs) finds, you know, these small snippets of bits of information that make no sense to solve it. So I just kind of like I'm along for the ride because it's a beautiful show Mm -hmm. and the acting's great. Do I think the plot is at all feasible or even interesting? No. <laughs> the ga- even the gambling was bad. I'm like, I watched Casino Royale. That was a good poker explanation to how a bad guy would, you know, make money. This one was just hilariously bad. It was just, it wasn't even real. It, uh, and it, you know, but you know, was, they had an expert
0: come in at least. Well, as far as how the card game should go. They, 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 I saw the uh, ready room with Will Wheaton. You know, not so much the plot of why the guy's doing what he's doing, but at least they wanted the card game to look like it was a real game, even though the cards were all alien looking.
4: <laughs> yeah, it was so r- They're like they're in a smuggling. Imagine the biggest smuggling den of drugs in that you could imagine, and they're like, right. we're gonna have a backroom poker game where you're playing for what is an un- unfathomable amount of money, essentially, which yeah. is a, you know in the form of a gigantic nuclear bomb. And it's Ooh, okay, <laughs> and, and you're gambling, and they bring in the two villains from a slave planet, and they're just like, "Cheated you out your money. How do you feel? Well, I'll exit stage left." And I'm like, no, what, what is going on? What What, what is this? I just, uh, just, it just annoyed me, but uh, you know, cause I also play poker. So for me, it yeah, was also yeah, another yeah, thing where yeah. I'm like, you're really hitting on a sore subject for me here, guys. <laughs> and, and you know, they're like, we'll find card counters. I'm like, yes, card counters in the underground smuggling casino where the, was the last place. Would you go into the mafia's casino and try to cheat them out of their money? No! I don't
0: know. I don't know. Right. I watch,
1: I watch rounders and,
2: uh... are we in an oceans movie? Yeah. Or like... Logan Lucky? <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one. Boy, oh, sorry, I had to bring that up again.
0: <laughs> and, uh, (laughs) Uh, Joey, you haven't even hit upon what people are just livid about with that scene. I don't know if you're going to get to it or not. Um, uh, Because uh, what was seen in that rev for all of us Deep Space Nine fans is that the card counter was a changeling Odo's people. Oh, wow. We We don't know if it was a founder, but it looked very much like at least it was a changeling like Odo's people. And so some people were like, well, if it's a changeling, why are they being a card counter? Why don't they just basically impersonate the dude that runs the place and then, like, like the changelings used to do? They took high <laughs> positions; they weren't doing low <laughs> lifes like this card counting thing. Hey, so maybe people were pissed about
1: that. Well, maybe he was just a guy who uh, decided to kind of break off of what they're normally doing. He just really likes gambling; He's trying to do it legit. Realized it's not that easy, so he just went to card counting. I mean, sure, yeah, there you, you see yeah. Joe, you
0: can really fix a Hand wavy, and hand, charge. hand
1: wavy. But that's the thing: is the set. I mean, the sets and the
4: cards Costumes and the CGI and the they're all fantastic. So there's good reasons to watch the show. I can get why people really like it. It's just like for me, it's kind of like watching the Fast and Furious. Like, yeah, it's fun to watch. But at the end of the day, when you wonder why a runway scene can last 30
0: minutes, you know, <laughs> don't, don't, no question it, buddy. don't question just it. Don't just question don't question it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's and there's a faction rev. I mean, there are people that just like their entertainment that doesn't go so deep into the behavioral sciences. Oh, they like yeah. the pew pew. And there's a there's a divide there really, really is, because Michelle Paradise, the showrunner, is definitely somebody that's wanting to really talk about marginalized people, which I do believe the old Trek did. And she's really putting that forefront. And then there's also she's really leaning into um, doing stories that can really relate to what's going on today. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's tough to make those stories Work plot wise when you have this big bad thing, which is supposed to be COVID, I'm thinking, but instead it's this dark matter anomaly and then having two sides fight over it. But it's really hard, like Joe said, when the scientific side of you says, wait a minute, really? Is this how we're doing these things? Even though I know what they're trying to do? And a lot of emotions and a lot of behavioral science, you know, things that they're tackling where they never did that a whole lot before in Star Trek, especially you watch the old shows. They never went as deep with the emotions and the feelings, which... Isn't a bad thing, but it's definitely causing a divide with, uh, you know, the fans that love it and the fans that don't. And it's got to be balanced. That's yeah. the
4: thing. is it's, The episodes don't do a good job of balancing it, right? It's just very hit, 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 hit like our new generation is where it's like you really, you know, do you make sure you hit them every minute or so with some emotion as opposed to a long yeah. payoff, which is not something that's unique to that show. I think a lot of shows do that now.
1: Interesting on that, but I'll, I'll, I'm very happy, I'll be very happy to hear you guys uh, go back and forth as you continue to watch this show. Oh, it yes. it doesn't sound like you're going to stop, Joe. Uh, don't worry. More planets are going to explode <laughs> before the end of this season. Uh, moving on to uh, the one that uh, I don't hate watching it anymore. I stopped watching it, but BJ continues to watch it. And to be perfectly honest with The Walking Dead, I will probably end up finishing it out once they finish out the, this last season. Well, I'll-
0: good luck to you if you don't get it spoiled.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm okay with spoilers at this point in time. Like, especially with that, I've made a conscious decision to wait it out. So if it happens, it happens. I'm not gonna get mad about that. I can't. Like, well, I just can't get mad at that.
0: So they're having three parts to this last season. Wait, we, we, three we, parts? We, yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought that Damn. there was just gonna be two parts, but this is uh, part two of three, which I found out. Uh, so sometime in August, there is. So it'll all wrap up from wow. what I understand. Uh, when they come back from whatever breaks they are, but this was the the premiere of the first part. Now I know that there's been another episode. In a matter of fact, some people, if you have AMC Plus, you've already seen the other episode. Um, but the, us regular non-AMC Plus people don't. We have to wait until it records or airs on the Sundays. Uh, but this got uh, the, the 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 first episode, which is season uh, episode nine of the last eleventh season, uh, got a nine point two on IMDb. So wow. this is a well received episode. Uh, it's been an amazing season, uh, no doubt about it. There and here's the thing, some people remember how the last season of Game of Thrones got a little quick. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm seeing that happen. You've get you got more time jumps and they're really resolving a lot of storylines that I think might have been a whole season before. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that, or is that just 10 years later and this is what we're going to do? Like, you just don't have a whole season on one big baddie. We've had a couple of, we've got like multiple bad guys getting resolved or at least explored in one season. Yeah. Um, And they did resolve uh, the Reapers, I think. Yeah, they resolved the Reapers, but then we've got the Commonwealth. And uh, there's uh, there's some stuff that I don't know that's tying into the other Walking Dead show, Fear the Walking Dead. Then there's, I think, the World of the Walking Dead. And then there's the Mall of the Walking Dead. I don't know. There's all. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many uh, things going on. But it was really well done. Uh, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm hoping that Rick and Michonne come back because this is a big part of what's going on is that, I think where Rick is supposed to be is, is definitely been explored a bit in the fear of the walking dead, I think, or maybe the, the internet show. I'm not sure, but like we've learned about, you know, where Rick is and the people that he's supposedly with. And then you've got other things happening. We know Michonne went to look for him. These are the big characters, of course, that were on the show that left. And then the rest of the folks are hanging out. The big news is that, uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and uh, what is her name? Uh, yeah, she, she's played by uh, you know, the British girl. My, 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 oh, Herschel's daughter. Come on, help me out here.
1: Oh, gosh dang it. Maggie. Maggie. Yes, thank you.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. don't get old. Don't get old, people. Oh, gosh, uh, right? We learned that Maggie's out of her mind. Um, and she really has become a bitter, bitter creature. And um, uh, Lauren, I think is her name, is the actor. Uh, she's done a great job. It's not the... You know, it's not the pure and innocent Maggie that we'd always hope would stay pure and innocent. You know, she was always tough, could always handle a lot, but her soul has been corrupted by what's gone on in the six or some odd years since we last saw her, uh, however long it was. And she just acts in a way that's like, even Daryl's like, wow, this is effed up. Uh, and then we had a time jump. I mean, it was interesting because we've, we've got this group of people that some of the folks went to go find and it looks like they got their ass together, but they're kind of weird and they're kind of jerky, but they do have their ass together. Seem like they have the best way, great suits of armor, great ways to protect themselves. Seems like it's the best life I've ever seen on the show. Uh, and a few of the folks find him, but now we see a time jump where Daryl is hanging with those folks and seems to be marching on. Uh, you know, the the old uh, wherever the governor used to hang out, whatever you call that, the Alexandria.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: Maggie's like up there and she's like, I ain't gonna do it, Daryl. And Daryl's like, doesn't have to be like this. And that was the big reveal is that one of the dudes takes his mask off and it's actually Daryl dressed up as one of these suits of armor guys from the Commonwealth. That's where I left the last episode of, of uh, episode wow. nine. Wow. So one storyline gets resolved with the Reapers and then we get to see time jump where it's like, whoa, Daryl's working for the what and then Ma- Maggie doesn't want to work for the what but uh and Negan took off because he realized that Maggie was crazier than he is which is amazing to think that that's happening but damn Negan's like Maggie what i saw you do to those those reapers that were supposed to get mercy you showed them no mercy he says at any given time that's going to happen to me i just can't hang out with you
1: anymore i'm <laughs> <Fair> out enough <laughs> yeah and he, you know
0: and and Maggie's thinking he's going to beat her to death and he's just like no i'm out and it's like wow i really see that Maggie is really worse than Negan in her own way, which, you know, you'd think would be a, a, you know, at some point... You got to go, well, we can see how Negan can become Negan because we're seeing Maggie becoming Maggiegan I don't know. <laughs> Ma-
1: uh, I'm, not, I'm not even trying to say that. <laughs> but it's uh, but it's
0: so good. And of course, The Walking Dead is on uh, AMC uh, Sunday nights. Uh,
1: and if you're a special plus fancy person, well, then you know what you're doing. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, BJ. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicki B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us?
2: What day is it? Um, Friday. Which is... Movie day! Movie day! Yay! 100% on the quiz. Movie <laughs> day. Two out of two, that's 100%. Yay! I see what you did there. If only school was that easy.
1: Oh, yeah, right.
2: Uh, but we do have a movie that is in the horror genre.
1: Of course. That I'm actually
2: excited to hopefully see at some point.
1: Oh! That's a surprise.
2: And it is called Studio 666. Oh, yeah! This is the one with Foo Fighters. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> Foo oh, Fighters and Dave Grohl becoming what? Just like, uh, possessed by a demon or a ghost or something?
2: Right, like, Dave Grohl, the nicest guy in rock music, it can do no wrong, and his whole band came together and it's making this horror movie where they are in a haunted recording studio as they're trying to make rock history and record their much-anticipated 10th album, but once inside the house... They're grappling with supernatural forces that threaten both the completion of the album and the lives of the band. Dun, 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 (laughs) dun. Got some, some, like, aside from the band themselves, you also have Whitney Cummings, Will Forte in this, Jeff Garland. Wow. It looks like it's going to be all about, like, ridiculousness. So I'm thinking Evil Dead. I don't know how bloody, but yeah. I'm assuming Evil Dead, like, from the humor and the horror uh, aspect.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much spoilers you want, but Dave Grohl pretty much said that he's, he's a really more horrific, gory version, in a way, of uh, Jack from The Shining. Oh.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, so it's like, he's, <laughs> he's the problem here, from what I understand.
2: Some of the uh, makeup looks pretty cheesy, but I think that's just going to add to it. Yes. Of course. As of now, it only has 39 reviews for the tomato meter. No audience score as of yet, but it's 62%.
1: I mean, it's a horror movie. It's going to be cheesy. Comedy. Yeah, I, that's
2: not a bad. Honestly, that's just like giving it a B. Yeah, <laughs> and I've heard that
1: if you're if you're fans of Foo Fighters, you're going to absolutely love this. Um, so it kind of takes uh take that into account as well. I mean, it's a band making a horror movie that's going to be super cheesy on purpose. So just expect all of that.
2: Speaking of cheesy, uh-huh. I feel like it wouldn't be a Friday without discussing a new movie that Bruce Willis has come out with.
1: Are you oh, serious? Wow. All right, okay. BJ, get ready. Here we it's, go.
2: It's <laughs> mystery, thriller, action, gasoline alley. Gas?
1: Wasn't that a that wasn't that like a, a newspaper
0: a, comic? It, or was, it was a comic way back in the day, and it was bad. Yeah, it <laughs> was. in my opinion. Well, it was really. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people loved it way back, but it was old timey.
2: So Bruce Willis, Luke Wilson, and Devin Sawa star in a chilling story of savage Hollywood murder set in a present day Los Angeles. Oh, Jimmy Jane, which is. Played by Sawa, a uh, reformed ex-con is the prime suspect who will stop at nothing to prove his innocence. Homicide detectives Freeman, which is Willis, and Vargas, which is Wilson, are close on his tail as Jimmy takes on his own investigation, risking his life in the dark underbelly of L.A.
0: Ooh. Bah, bah,
1: bah. Just,
2: uh, it's got five reviews. <laughs> Zero, okay. percent?
1: And? Zero
2: percent. Zero <laughs> <Yes>. percent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just I I got so I just quickly googled it, found the first review I have, and it says though a fraction closer to the descriptors like competent and watchable than most of the star's recent output, but that's more in thanks to the other actors. Like mm. yeah. that's actually a line from the review. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> well, I mean, if you've got nothing else to do, and again, like I was just saying, if you're a really big fan of Bruce Willis, m- m- maybe, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so baby yeah,
2: not. Let's just say no.
1: Yeah, wow.
2: Uh, this one I found interesting because I haven't heard anything about it. It's got some pretty big name actors in it. Um, not doing so well on the tomato meter with fourteen reviews. It's got thirty six percent. But it's a drama comedy thing. But I found it interesting. Okay, it's called Big Gold Brick. Ooh. Like yeah, no, no idea. They also say it's kind of fantasy ish but you have Andy Garcia. Megan Fox, Lucy Hale, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. So it's got a pretty big cast for the most part. Kristen Wiggs, apparently an executive producer in this. Oh, okay. So Goldbrick recounts a story of a fledgling writer, Samuel Liston, and his experiences with Floyd De- Devereaux. Only reason I know how to pronounce that is from Golden Girls. Side note. <laughs> the ign- ign- it, it, I can't say it. Enigmatic. That one. Middle-aged father of two who enlists Samuel to write his biography. But the circumstances that lead up to the agreement in the first place are quite astonishing and efforts to write the biography are quickly stymied by ensuing chaos in this darkly comedic genre-bending film. Huh. All right. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, those are those are definitely words that don't explain exactly at all what this is going to be. I (laughs) won't watch it.
2: I'm looking at pictures. There's like Lucy Hale in like a red dress and a violin on stage. Then there's a funeral shot. I won't watch it. There's with bricks of gold. Looks like someone's trying to sell a book and a crappy wig. Yeah. Andy, Andy Garcia is looking like a silver fox, daddy.
1: I won't watch it. Actually, yeah, I didn't realize that was him on the poster. Right? He's got that big old beard.
2: Honestly, that's the only reason I really like. <laughs> I was drawn to this. I'm like, who's that? Well,
1: does it have Os- anything on the old Tomatoes?
2: <laughs> Oscar Isaac's looking pretty hot. Thirty six percent.
1: Oh yeah, you said that. Oh. All right. Yeah. I
2: mean, all right. Yeah. Wah, wah, it does wah, call wah.
1: it comedy fantasy, so I mean, it is yeah. February. You're not gonna get the yeah. best of Hollywood. Yeah, I kind of feel that this might be something along the lines. If you guys remember that movie Big Fish, like kind of like the tall Big fish. Yeah, I feel yeah. like this is gonna be a less awesome version of that. So just go All watch right. Big Fish. Yeah, All yeah, right you time. might just want to watch Big Fish. Okay. Anything else on the old uh, on the movies that you think is even worthwhile for
2: uh, the geekies? I'll I'll phrase this like uh, Jay Jonah Jameson said in the first Spider-Man movie. Spanish version. Okay. Basura, basura, mega basura garbage uh, garbage uh, mega garbage
1: wow all right i guess that's the best way to put that yeah okay
2: everything else looks pretty well
1: i mean if you've got time maybe uh i don't know go back and watch any of the awesome movies that are on something like disney plus or you know netflix there's a oh, lot of good yeah, things fr- out there free Encanto. guys on disney plus yeah. oh you're right you yeah you spend some time watching free guy
0: you
2: got Encanto, and i think uh the eternals is on uh, but they also have it like is. the making of the eternals that i saw that just, just got dropped up. assembled yeah, yeah. So let us know what you do watch, how, and what you think of it. Mm-hmm. Until next time, guys, stay nerdy.